Today I have a special message God has placed in my heart. And I think at the times of the year, the church, the family needs to huddle around the songs of God's Word because they're just so reassuring. And this time, I think, is uh, special to my heart this, this week because uh, uh, Brother Dove's passing. And me and Brother Dove had read these songs over and over together and read them together in, uh, in fellowship. And one of his favorite songs is one of my favorite, of course, is 103. And he shared this with me because it talks about the person's whole life, not just at a time when they called upon the Lord, but the person's whole life with the Lord and living in the Lord. And um, as seasons progress and as, 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 as autumn comes and turns into wintertime and winter to spring again uh, and to summer, we see the seasons and we see a pattern here where we as God's people should bless the Lord all the time for good times, bad times, and continue to bless the Lord at all times with our mouth. And uh, to give him thanks and praises. So Psalm 103, turn your Bibles to Psalm 103, one of the most powerful, I think, best psalms of all. A psalm that David wrote. And here's, here's an old man when he writes this. He's on up in years. He's recounting all the benefits the Lord has blessed him with all his life. He's just, he's just taking the inventory of all the things the good Lord has given him and the good Lord has blessed him with. And now he's writing these down as we would have a list of inventory of the benefits of the Lord. And I think it's only fitting today because I can look back and see how blessed I have my life has really been. And uh, to be just a part, just to be Brother Michelle's pastor and to be your pastor and the, and the different things y'all have been through and we shared and uh, the different funerals I've, I've led and different times I've come and visited you in the hospital and the home and uh, the times we, we bonded. And that's, that's part of being a pastor and I see in here the pastor's heart of King David also. But he says here, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that was within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. Now, if you can stop this psalm right here and not put anything else there, that's the most blessed song in the world, okay? Because... The Lord has forgiven us of all our iniquities, folks. We're pardoned, redeemed. We're pardoned from hell, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, because the Lord, our shepherd, loves us that much. to send the very best for us. Who redeemeth my life from destruction. Who dwelleth in me and crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Now, in verse 3, the healing and redeeming is, is actually, in verse 3 and 4, both together. When you're redeemed, you're ultimately healed. And what I was explaining to Brother Michelle's family the other night is there's part of God's process called ultimate healing. Ultimate healing is when your soul is saved, and whether you live or die, you're healed. The Lord sometimes will heal you here and let you live, and you carry on the rest of your life. And the Lord also knows if you would live, you would be suffering so he ultimately heals you and takes you home to glory. You understand both processes of that? You're healed either way. As redeemed, as a child of God, you're healed either way. Where you stay or where you go, you're still healed. That's ultimate healing. And that's God's will. Man cannot control that. Only God can. We just turn that over to the Father's hands. And so we trust the Lord with that healing. Who satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagle's. 
And of course, you know the story. I've given you story uh, illustration how the eagle, when the eagles, uh, how the, the eagle mother, how she rests up the nest when the kids get growing up to be on their own, teach them how to fly. She actually pushes them out of the nest. The eagle's the mightiest bird ever created. He can soar above any other bird. He can hang. He can stay up there for hours and hours, soaring in the highest heavens. God made him that way. See. He's a mighty bird. He's mighty, and he's very, very uh, skillfully uh, created. God made him to be a powerful bird. But if mama let the baby stay in the nest all the time, they would never grow to be those soaring eagles, those, those eagles that we see that soar way up in the sky. So she rushed the nest up a little bit, puts, brings some thorns in there, makes it uncomfortable for them, and starts shoving them out of that nest. And then she shoves them out of the nest. And that eagle really learns to fly, because mama's flying with him. But she makes that eagle learn to fly. If he doesn't, he hits the ground and dies. So she has to prepare that eagle to be an adult eagle. And that's what King David said. You've been with me since I was a child. And you renewed my strength like I had in my youth. Now he's an old man now. And he's, he's probably pretty much bedridden at this time of his life. This is probably his last couple of years of life. And he said, you've been with me in my youth. It made me strong where I could leap walls, defeat armies of 10,000 with 2,000 men and you've made me and I've, and I've understood and knew your strength. They said I also understood and knew there's time for me to go alone and pray and renew my strength. And that's the strength of the Lord. It's two different strengths. The strength he's given us as men and women and, and children. The strength of stamina. And King David said here's another stamina. There's a stamina of the heart. There's a stamina of the spiritual strength. And King David's starting to realize this. Your spirit has always been with me, your Holy Spirit. And he knows the Holy Spirit is very, very close to him. And many, many of the, and hundreds of the, of the Psalms, you read this many Psalms, he said, do not take that spirit from me. See, the Holy Spirit has been with King David his whole life. And so he's saying that you renew my strength like an eagle does. It goes up and beats by itself, loses all the feathers, grows new feathers back. And so she's renewed to fly again like she once flew. But, she, but there's a waiting point, a resting point. So he's learned to rest in the Lord, and the Lord has satisfied his mouth with all these good things. But the Lord executes in righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. In other words, the Lord don't just let us be oppressed as Christians. He sends his ministering spirits. And they minister to us, and they fight off the evil one. They're a constant battle, spiritual warfare constantly. God's angels, Satan's demons. They're constantly at battle. And they're, and they're, uh, you, if you can see the spiritual warfare, you can see in the dark, in the high places, in the dark areas, you can see uh, angels and demons fighting constantly all over the place. They're, they're everywhere. And that's why we run them out of the chapel when we first get here. We run them out, run Satan and everything, because Satan loves to come to church. He has no problem with coming to church. He'll send his demons up here to sit down, come to church and just enjoy the fellowship. But why I cast them out each day is to get them off the premises so we, this premises can be clean slate. Exactly, so there'll be nothing here that's not ungodly. That's why when you come to church, your attitude should be right. You shouldn't just, just finish an argument. If you finish an argument, you better forgive each other and hug before you come in here. Because God's house is supposed to be clean. That spirit's, you know, supposed to be out of here. So we... So, we pray over the whole church grounds as we're coming into the church. God bless the whole church. The demons flee. See, the demons flee as soon as Jesus' name is mentioned. 
But he, he made known his ways to Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, penance and mercy. That's about 20 that I mentioned just in this short script, 20 benefits of God right there. You can't even, you can't even count all the benefits of God. They're innumerable. Just, just making your little heart beat every second is a benefit of God. Making your eyes blink and not slam shut and close forever, that's a benefit of God. He keeps our body in perfect harmony. He keeps the earth and he keeps his creatures of all shapes and sizes and all the oceans in perfect harmony all at one time. Keeps the solar atmosphere in perfect harmony. Sun aligned with the moon and earth and all the galaxies. It keeps in perfect harmony all the time. And yet he still has time for us. He would always chide, neither will he keep his anger for it. He will not always bear with us. He will not always bear with sin. He will not always say, I'll just, you just keep on sinning as much as you want to. And it's because, you, you know, you're a child of God. You can just go ahead and sin all you want to. He said he will not do that. He will chastise his children. He will send the Holy Spirit to sick you, get you back in shape, get you back in line. I have a nephew that's in Penn, he's in the, uh, prison right now for uh, drug abuse. And he's been doing this for his whole life, for a long time. And he wrote a letter back saying that he had tried to rehabilitate himself through these programs. He's trying to, and, and, and stayed rehabilitated for as long as four or five years, and, but went back on the drug because he had no coping tools to use. And he said, now God sometimes will speak to you in a soft spirit, and sometimes he'll jap slap you. And that's what he didn't have. He jap slapped him. <laughs> he slapped him back. And so he's, you can tell his heart is now changing where he can trust God and to keep him sober, not himself. Because I guarantee you, a man cannot keep himself sober. A man cannot keep himself from sinning. We're carnal by nature. We want the things of this earth. So it takes God and God, the power of God to keep us sober. It takes the power of God to keep us from the evil things. And just things sometimes that take the place of God and they're just wrong in our lives. But it takes God's power. King David knows that full well because he said he has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor warned us according to our iniquities. In other words, King David said, I killed a man. I'm not dead. Say, I had a man killed. I was an adulteress, slept with a woman. I was an adulteress, a woman that was married. He said, the Lord didn't kill me for that. So he said, Lord, when you're reading this psalm, Lord should have took him out, snuffed him out. But he didn't. He spared him because they was quick to repent. See, the repentance is, a, is, a, is, a, is what the, uh, David's writing about, is the repentance of coming to the Lord when you have sin so he can... Straighten you out and get you back on the right track. See? Quickly. Not letting this become a brush fire. And King David said, he lived out the circumstances of sin, and we all do. We sin, God forgives us, we still have to live out the circumstances of that sin. Now, he'll help us through them, yes. He's our Lord and our Father. But we're still going to live out the circumstances, the consequences of that sin. And that's what King David lived through his life. He lost his children. He lost the kingdom of three sons. He had, you know, death, he had sickness, he had everything in his, but he still was a man after God's own heart. For as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions for us. And that's pretty much gone. When you throw something as far as the east is from the west, it means your transgressions are forgotten. 
Like a father pities his children, the Lord pities them that fear him. That's his love and compassion. That the father loves his own child and has compassion for him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. If the flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it, and it's gone. And the place thereof shall no more be. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. That's beautiful. For them that fear him and his righteousness to children's children. That means your family, your generation, your great-grandchildren are all blessed by the Lord. To such as keep his covenant, to those that remember his commandments to do them, the Lord hath prepared his throne in heaven, and his kingdom reigneth over all. Now these are all the benefits of God to the children who are called by his name, which are us. These are all the benefits of God. It's a, it's a uh, praise for God who's carried David from his childhood, kept him kept him uh, safe in the midst of lambs and wolves and bears and lions that tried to take the sheep from his father's flock. And he remembers those days where he beat them off with a club and run them off. If they still resisted, he killed them with the club. He was very uh, fearful. He was not afraid of anything. In other words, God put give him that spirit of, uh, of conquering just about anything he came up against. So he knows the Lord's been with him through all these things and he's praising the Lord now he's telling us, he's giving us like an exhortation here to use in our life, to bless the Lord. He's telling even the angels, the hosts of heaven, ye his angels, who excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening to the voice of his word. See, once the angels have their own volitional will, if God could tell them to do something, they could do it, and they could just take their time doing it. They could either not, they could not do it. They have volitional will just like we do. And so heaven was in chaos because Satan had got, uh, uh, being Lucifer had gotten a lot of the angels in heaven to go against God and to, and to second guess God and think things that God was not righteous and try to overtake heaven. And they were thrown out of heaven. And God shut that door when they left and said, No longer will I give my angels blessing of will. They'll answer to me. And the very second I tell them to do something, they're on the way doing it. So he, gave him, he took that relational will away from them. And, so he, and he gave it to us. And now I'm wondering why sometimes he gave us that too. You know, we could be his children and just raise and just walk on the face of the earth. He could have us like robots. Just walk around just praising him. Whether you want to or not, your mouth just opened up and started praising God. But he wanted us to want to, see. He wants, he wants those who, who remain to want to praise him. That's That's... That's God's heart, to want a people who would praise his holy name that he could care for, and they would pray, praise their shepherd. They'd sing praises to him and their creator. So he has his bringing in his heart to have that type of relationship. Bless you, the Lord, ye angels who excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearken unto the voice of his word. Now when he says, go, they're already here. Bless ye, the Lord. All ye his hosts, ye ministers of his that do his pleasure. That's all the hosts of heaven. We have angels, archangels. We have cherubs. We have seraphim. Y'all know what seraphim do? Y'all know what seraphim are? They constantly worship God. They praise God all the time. 
They never leave his throne. Now, the little chairs he sends out, and they're fighting angels. Well, they just go and they just go and just blast those demons right out of the way. Just boom, boom, boom. They're ministers of light. Seraphim are the ones who praise God. Always in the throne praising and worshiping God. There's not a minute goes by he's not praised by his angels. But yet he still learns in his heart for the praise of his children. So he can't call the angels his children. They're his creation. He created them, but only he can, us he calls children. Because we're manifesting through his son, Jesus Christ, who came to earth in his image, God's image, to be born with mortal man to take our place across the Calvary. See? And now he relates to us as his adopted sons and daughters. And so we're his children. So we, when he hears our praise, he smiles. It lights him up. See? Because, his, because when we praise him, it's like all of creation praises him. See, we're the, we're, the, we're, the, we're the combination of all the things he's created and the best part. So when the best part sings praises to him, then he just lights up and he smiles. And he rejoices in the praises of the saints. Bless the Lord, all ye his works, in all places and dominion, bless the Lord all my soul. And this means every dolphin in the ocean, every fish, every whale, every creature, every elephant, every giraffe, I mean from Africa, the continent of Africa, all around this world, praises God. See, when the Pharisees see Jesus Christ, they see little children run out in front of the donkey and they were throwing palm branches down the on the front of the donkey's coat, and they were saying, Blessed he comes in the name of the Lord. They were saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, our Savior, Messiah's here. And the Pharisees all shut those kids up. They're making too much noise. And Jesus said, If you'd shut them up, the rocks would actually cry out my name. The rocks would explode, and the trees and branches would call out my name, because I am their creator. See? And the Pharisees cannot fathom that. This is, what are you talking about? This is Joseph's son. I mean, yeah, you know, he came over and made me a bar stool one time, you know. Or he's, he's worked on my house. I, this is Joseph's son, and he's claiming to be the Messiah. They're blinded completely, see. They're blinded completely because they don't see the Lord as host of all heaven and earth. They see him as Jesus, a carpenter. And so they missed out on what the kids were celebrating. And so the kids were celebrating. Jesus wasn't just coming in. Jesus was clapping and praising God, too. God's here. God is with you today. I am here. I'm your king. And he's praising and being joyful. He is just going, he's doing like king, something like that. If he went on that donkey, he'd be doing a King David dance. But he's, just, he's rejoicing with them. Rejoicing with them. And they're just receiving strength and he's being strengthened by them. And really the first time in God's word was mentioned where children praise the king of eternity. It's in that place right there. So he was being charged by them. See, the, Holy, the Father had always charged him before. Now he's hearing his children praise and sing praises to him and saying, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The Lord is here. Hosanna. Hosanna. And he's just built, it's just building him right up. Strengthening him to carry out what he needs to go through. Because his face was already shut toward Jerusalem. He would not turn back. It was already shifting in face towards Jerusalem to do what he was supposed to do. Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior, took on everything that we go through. He has gone through. So he could actually identify with us in our need. And he knows our needs without us telling him, Lord, I need this, I need that, and that. He knows our needs already. 
So he already knows our heart's desires. And sometimes what we think we need, a couple years later we'll say, I didn't even need that. I never needed that. But see, that's one of that's our wants. But he knows exactly what our need is. Brother Shan, we'd always uh, remember Brother Shan getting his truck. He always had this one song. Brother Shan would drive you crazy. This one song. He loved this song. I love Jesus. Man, he played that song. Brother, that's a good song. Listen to this. We'd go and uh, we in his truck driving around, visiting people, and going from place to place. And he'd say, "That song won't even get over with." I mean, you want to hear a good song? He'd rewind that thing and go right back to "I love Jesus." I love Jesus. I love Jesus. That song. There's other song he really loved. I love Jesus is going to be on the program tomorrow for the funeral. But another song he really loved was this song that he used to go, it's not my brother, it's not my sister, but it's me, oh Lord. Stand in need of prayer. Say, it's not my mother, it's not my father, it's me, oh Lord. Stand in need of prayer. It's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord. Stand in need of prayer. And, I, and, he, and he's a prayer warrior. Brother Michelle was one of the first ones to contact somebody when he found someone needed prayer. He'd always contact Sister Bonnie and tell her, when you get a prayer chain, prayer chain, prayer chain, prayer chain. And he's the one that started that prayer chain. We always prayed at the church, but he has this prayer chain man. And uh, he would pray with you. This, if you tell him you needed some prayer, he won't sit, sit down right there where you're at and pray. Now, don't let it go any further. But he's a real prayer warrior. And this part right here, I didn't say the way he just prays the Lord driving down the road in his truck, lift his hand up when the song came on. And uh, <clears throat> to see his uniqueness and never getting tired of that. I know he's played that song five years. And he's never gotten tired of that song. We're getting repetitions. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that song so much over and over and over. He never got tired of that one song. He heard that one song. He said, I'm sure he's singing in heaven right now. I love Jesus. I love Jesus. You know, but he, he never lost fervor. In praising the Lord Jesus. And that's why King David said, We're to always bless the Lord. Bless ye the Lord. He said that four times. One, two, three, four, five times. He's saying, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And then he says, Bless the Lord, all ye hosts, all ye works. He's saying, Bless the Lord. And this is not something, this is something Paul says, Do this without ceasing. Do this without ceasing. You know, when you go through a hardship, praise God. You know, my mother always said, I said, Mom, why do you want to praise God when you, you know, you got all these bills on the table there and you're like racking your brains trying to figure out what all the money's going to go to the pan. You're praising God. I said, well, I praise God and it all works out. See, so he's the one that blesses me. I used to have a boy, I used to drive her crap. I asked a question about five years old, probably just warped her mind. I was the most question asking kid you ever seen in your life. I guess Lord, I was going to be a preacher when I grew up, I guess. Not asking anybody anything, anytime I wanted, it didn't matter what it was. I, I bet I drove my sex education teacher nuts in, in school, I bet. We didn't even have one of them. You know who our sex education teacher was? A coach. He told he, the coach. You know, his sex education, y'all be careful out there. Yeah. <laughs> but these things that David said, the Lord's been with me all through my first days. He knew me in my mother's womb. And he sanctified me. And he called me out to be king of Israel. Even then. And he called to have a relationship with me even in the innermost parts of my mother. See, he called so early 
and knew him all his life. And he said, I failed him many, many times. And yet failing him and all these things I did, he still lifted me up from the miry clay. He didn't throw me into hell and burn me like chaff. He lifted me up. He dusted me off. And he said, go, buddy. Press on. Keep going. Do things in my name. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. Bless him at all times. And the Lord does not forget his benefits because all of us should be in hell burning, actually. That's what we deserve. Everybody. See, the most godly men on earth is falling short of the glory of God. So without Jesus, by grace, we should all be in hell burning. We've done things that should, are worthy of hell. And, and King David's just remembering that. Even when you think you've fallen as far as you can fall, the Lord is still there to lift you up. He's not only there to chastise you, make you feel bad. He's also there. He's the only one who can lift you up. See? He's the only one who can sustain you. So he wants us to just remember these times to be obedient to his word and to bless him. And just saying, I love you, Father. You just bless God right there. I love you, Lord. You just bless the Lord. I love Jesus. You just bless you just bless the Father right there. We had a kid one time at vacation Bible school over in Shepherd. He come up to the church and he's about that tall. He's about three years old. And all he knew is, I love Jesus. I love Jesus. And that's all he was saying. Everything he said, yes, I love Jesus. And I said, he's like this little bit of a preacher. He had to wear a little suit and everything. Not that tall. He's a kid's little thing, but all he said, I said, that's what we ought to do is go around and tell him, I just love Jesus. I just love Jesus. Man, I got a $200 ticket for not wearing a seatbelt. I just love Jesus. <laughs> Dark said, I got two months to live. I just love Jesus. <laughs> Going to be with him shortly. <laughs> but that's the heart of King David. He praised God. He reminded me a lot of Job. Job, even when he's going through, he still says, I'll trust the Lord. Even if he slays me, if he cuts my head off, my head's still going to be praising God. You know, he trusts him that much. We should trust God this much with everything that we do. Because in ourselves, there's no good thing. And he tells us that in ourselves, we think we're each other's pretty good, right? Wrong. We're not good. Only God in us is good, see? Our, our normal bodies, our mortal bodies, our carnal nature is evil. See? You don't think so. You get in the elevator and have the power go off, shut off nowhere, and there's a bottle of water in the center. You're going to see a big dog fight. Anywhere in Houston, Texas, I guarantee you. Now, the Christian's going to share first. <laughs> They'll get some water, though, for it, though. <laughs> Lord provide. <laughs> but we were carnal by nature. And God says, we have to get all of our stuff out of our hands, our carnal stuff, and drop it. We can't receive anything from God as long as we've got all this junk in our hands, see? So to receive from God, you've got to drop what you have to receive what God wants to give us. And then we can receive... And what he has is ten times better than what we dropped. See? What he has is ten times better than what we dropped. You, ever, I, you know, the older I get, the more I see. You know, a good night's sleep was a good thing. You know, I used to be able to sleep four hours and go all day. And I was, man, if I, if I grabbed hold, it's either going to come up or break. That's why. That's the way it was. And the older I get, the more, the more I enjoy a good night's sleep. Just a good night's sleep with the Lord. Rest in the Lord. That's how I rested in the Lord. I had to, I had to, Taking an insulin shot and I went to sleep. I said, diabetes ain't got no control on me. Resting in the Lord, got had the lowest blood sugar reading I've had so far. My blood sugar went from 300 to 192 overnight. So, you know, I'm praising God. 
See? Now I'm praising God when I, yeah, I was praising God. The King David said, praise God when it's high, praise him when it's low. Praise him all in between. Because he's actually the one that works through that serum. See, that serum, I think, is probably water. That's just a, that's just a faith. It's a faith he got in God. And I was talking with my nutritionist. She said, all these things I can eat when I can't eat. And she told me these portions. But she said, you can have four carbs. I said, man, that's great. One, two, three, four carbs. I just eating about 26. But she said, you can have four carbs. And uh, I said, man, that's pretty good. So I'm already thinking, what's the portion size? And she brings this little tray. I said, no, that's, that's the adolescent one. I want the, the adult size. I said, you're going to be eating adolescent portions. And she shows me these little. I said, well, okay, I can have four carbs, right? So if I want to eat a big giant baked potato, can I substitute that like you do on a menu? A big baked potatoes, that's my four cards, right? <laughs> now, if I stuff it with barbecue brisket, open that baby up, he said, you don't went over your limit. So I, I said, oh, my goodness, it's going to be rough here. I'm probably going to share with Bonnie as I went to that den. Is that half of the potatoes? Said, that's a good idea. So I thought of a good idea right about half of my milk, my spouse. Yeah, you know, sometimes my hats, I don't, I don't hit just right. When I, and I have that potato, it's kind of hard to hit that potato. <laughs> Well, I have to learn a lifestyle adjustment. For the rest of my life, I have to change my eating habits. And that's one thing. Your pastor knows how much I love to eat. There's not a man on earth that likes to eat as much as I do. I mean, I love anything and everything. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe Brother John. <laughs> Notice that Brother John said, you want to trade pancreases with me? <laughs> but I notice that on this thing, I don't starve to death. And actually, as I've been eating, I get more meals. Hey. I get more meals. It's not as much. So see, I get I get a little snack time, meals, and boy, I'm getting used to that kind of. Hey, watching that watch time for some cheese and crackers, you know, this thing going, you know, and it's, it's neat because I get this little small meals. And and uh, if I if I indulge, I can kind of, you know, keep that. But she said the indulge don't get used to using that word indulge because she wants to balance me out. But it's a lifestyle change. And she said the symptoms going to become a part of you. Of your lifestyle. And so I have to check my blood sugar all the time. About three times a day, I got to check my blood sugar. Make sure it ain't going up or too low or too high. And so all these adjustments I've made, and she said, now, if you ever get to feeling like it's too low, get some sugar. I said, all right, man. <laughs> if I feel like it's going low, buddy, that pie shop, here I come. <laughs> she said, you got to watch it now because you're going to shock. You'll make that thing. So, so, you know, a little bit of maybe a sugar, a little bag of honey. She said, a little bag of honey. I said, now, now you're talking. I can put about three, a bag of honey on about two of those Popeye's biscuits. <laughs> Milk them out in that biscuit, and I can bring that sugar right on back up. <laughs> but she knows, she got me pretty much figured out. She's seen guys like me every day, you know. So she's, uh, but it's a lot, the thing she's telling me is today's the day, today's the first day of the rest of your life. You're diabetic. She told me that day. And this day, your life will be changed forever. He said, you can, if you eat like you used to, you're going to die. He said, because your pancreas will shut down completely. He said, your, he said, your kidneys will shut down. And you'll be dead. You'll be on dialysis or dead. And he said, this will keep you going. It won't be getting my blood sugar at an average will keep me going. I got to thinking, man, so I'm kind of not addicted to this stuff, but it's actually what my, I need to keep my body going. It's something I need. It's a medicine. And I got to thinking about 
You know, man, if we thought that about God, if we needed a shot of God every day or we died, man, we'd be hooked up to him all the time. See? Because God is a supplier of all of our, everything we do. You know, and the things that she told me, like the, the, the soreness of the feet and the, and the, and the, uh, the, the uh, tingling and, and stinging and stuff, I've had that for two years and didn't even know what it was. Nobody told me what it was. So I've had diabetes for two years and didn't even know it. So I've gone untreated for two years. And she says, one, I went in a coma. And I said, I'll tell you why I went in a coma. The Lord watches over me. Because see, I was feeling tired, but I was still working here and working at depot and doing freight and working and doing everything. I was just feeling like I was getting tired and tired and tired. Well, when she had been a Christian woman, she said, well, the Lord knows when you need to come in and see me, too. See? So he sent you at a good time. Get this under control. So now it's had to control it. It's like we have to control our days. And each and every one of you, each and every one of us, if we don't start with the Lord first. Like he is our insulin. You know, he's what we need to live, see? If we don't come to him every day, get that first shot of God in us, the rest of the day is not going to be good. But if we can start out with him first in the morning, and he, he makes the rest of the day smooth out. And he takes care of us. He loves us. He has blessed us in a mighty way. I was telling Brother Dove, if I get to live as long as Brother Dove, that'd be a blessing because he lived a long life. And he lived a long, he lived a good life. And he was blessed by the Lord. And he was ready to go home. He told me probably a hundred times, I'm ready to go home. I'm so ready to go home and be with the Lord. You know, and he took him. He finally, he took him. He was so ready to go home and be with his wife. He loved his wife dearly. I know a lot of you remember his wife. And uh, he was ready to go home and he's with the Lord now. So he is, he's always telling me that prayer, and he was a man of prayer, that praying is breathing. And we have to be those prayer warriors. Pray to God, bless God first, whom all blessings flow, and, then, and, then, and pray intercessory for each other. Pray for one another. And he lifts us up as we pray. And pray for one another as we come to him in prayer. He lifts us up. That's what keeps us going, keeps us pressing on. And one day we won't have to worry about none of this, Brother Jesse. We won't have to worry about none of this. Taking insulin or none of this stuff. We'll be in heaven at the Lord's banquet table, brother. We're going to be eating anything. You need all that sausage with lard on as much as you want. Wrap it up in a big old loaf of Italian bread and get on with the program. And I'll be being a big old bat, big old number two washed tub of blueberry ice cream right beside you. <laughs> there you go. Nanner pudding right there. But here we can't do that. <laughs> here we got to keep on that on the on the splendor program, and he's splendid. Amen. <laughs> keep saying to God. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for this assurance, Father, that you're in control of all things, Father. But in order for you to be in control in our lives, like you purpose for us, we need to be in touch with you, plugged into you, into your Word. And to your touch by prayer, Father, so we can receive your healing and assurance each day. And thank you for this special, blessed psalms you have written for us, Father. And use King David's hand to pen those words that just bless our hearts, Father, and assure us. And just thank you for the examples of your word you give us, Father, to live by and to learn by, Father, to better our ways. And thank you for your love and your forgiveness, Father. We thank you so much for your precious Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Without him, we would be lost. We'd be in a fire, no-ending hell, Father, a fire. 
And so we thank you and praise you, Father, for redeeming us from that, Father. We give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.